Easter is about the reality that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But that's not just about the hereafter and heaven and hell. Jesus is the resurrection and the life in the hereafter, absolutely. But he's also the resurrection and the life in the here and now. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Robert, and I'm sitting here with Pastor Chad Moore. What's up? We're talking about hope, and we are specifically talking about a story in the Bible that is quite incredible to the point where people go, there's no way this actually happened. And it's, There's a few stories like that in the Bible, quite frankly. There's right? actually a whole bunch of them, yet people, after these stories, after these moments happen, they don't go, yeah, that definitely was made up. They, they end up totally giving their lives to Jesus and uh, their, their lives are forever transformed. And this such moment is actually right before Jesus is about to go to Jerusalem. He's about to be crucified. And three days later, he's going to rise from the grave. Uh, before that, he's on his way to a friend's house named Lazarus and kind of give us a little bit of the context of what's going on leading up to this, this incredible moment. Yeah. So, um, this series is just leading into Easter, and we thought we'd go on that journey with Jesus. So he's going to, to Lazarus's house, and uh, Lazarus has died. Mm-hmm. And Jesus gets there, and you find the shortest verse in the Bible. Yep, I think if there's there's one other verse that's two words, but this is the one people know. Yeah, if you want to if you want to memorize a verse of the Bible, maybe you have a goal of memorizing scripture this year. This would be a good one. Yeah, it's it's Jesus wept. Do you know that? Do you know the reference for that? Well, I was going to ask you, Chad, if you know the reference for that. It's in the Gospel of John, specifically. I agree so far. Specifically, <laughs> when Jesus uh, sees the pain on everybody's face at the loss of his friend Lazarus. I don't know the exact reference, but I do have a little story about this verse. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. So we're all sitting around. Wait, hang on. You don't have the entire Bible memorized? Not yet. Okay. I'm working on it. All right. I'm working on it. Um, we're all sitting around Thanksgiving time mm-hmm. and the boys are like, I'm thinking I have, I have two boys. Uh, now, now they're 18 and 12 at this time. They're like 12 and six. Mm-hmm. So this was a while ago. And, um, we're just sitting at Thanksgiving. It's just the four of us. It was one of those odd Thanksgivings when it was just, you know, uh, the four of us, just, just our, our family and uh, not the extended family. And so we're sitting around and um, we decide to play a little game. So we're doing trivia. And then uh, Josh, who's 12 at the time, says, Dad, I think you should throw some money in this. Like if we get <laughs> trivia questions, right? And they're doing movies and things like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm switching it to Bible questions. And they were like, oh, no, because, <laughs> you know, they, I'm going to ask these random weird things they don't know, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I look at Jackson, who's six. Now, he had memorized John 3.16, but he was still a little shaky. And I said, Jackson, if you can quote a verse of Scripture, any verse of Scripture, I will give you $5. Mm-hmm. And Josh is like, dang it, why didn't you give me that? You know, because Josh <laughs> had done a couple of verses. And um, Jackson's like so nervous. So the little six-year-old, you know, is is kind of swaying in his seat and he's kind of, you know, a lot of money on the line he, right he's here. He's not biting his fingernails, but in essence he is. He's That's got a got high that, pressure situation. Whole whole look on his face. Yeah, man. It's like people who are on who wants to be a millionaire. 
And so he can't think of it, you know, and he can't think of it and he can't think of it. And, and I don't hear very well. I wear hearing aids for those who don't know that. So every once in a while, my family will whisper or show, you know, <laughs> they kind of work around my handicap, basically. And somebody whispered, Jesus wept to Jackson. And I didn't hear the whisper. But Jackson, all of a sudden, <laughs> with all this excitement, goes, Jesus whipped. <laughs> and I was like, what? Jesus whipped, Dad. Jesus whipped five simoleons, you know. And I'm like, well, he did use a whip one time. I go, but. So anyway, and then everybody started laughing because it was, it was this first Jesus wept. The bottom line is, with that fascinating story, you're welcome. The bottom line is, Jesus uh, feels the pain mm-hmm. that we experience when, when someone dies that's close to us. Mm-hmm. Jesus feels that pain personally, and he empathizes with the people around them who are mourning the loss of their brother, their, their friend, and Lazarus has died, and Jesus is on the scene. Which, and, the way, what you're talking about there is so important for people to, to wrap their minds around, because there's been times I've been with families right after, you know, they've lost a loved one, we're preparing a funeral, all of that. Um, those are awful times, and it it does one of two things. When there's a crisis like that, people either push God away, and they blame God, they get upset with God, or they lean in to God in those moments. It's it's not a neutral moment in the life of a individual. Um, and a lot of times, people push God away because they go, "Well, where's God? How come God let this happen? How come God didn't care about what's going on? You know, He could have stopped it, and I He should have, and He didn't, or whatever it is." And and they tend to to blame God. Uh, but this this little passage, this little verse uh, reveals that this is not God's design. Well, let's press into that a little more. People either, and it could be because they've watched movies or whatever, you know, where Jesus is portrayed. We either separate Jesus from his humanity Uh um, and we make him divine. So he's in our minds for some reason, I don't know why we make him almost robotic. Mm -hmm. Just um, a glowing robot. Outside of... Mm -hmm. You know, our reality, I mean, you see all the old paintings of Jesus, yeah. he, he's glowing, right? Yep, he's all bedazzled and shiny. And yet the Bible teaches he's fully human. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, as he's fully human, he has the character of of God. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this mystery that is God incarnate, the person of Jesus Christ. He's, yeah. he's the God man. Yeah. There was dirt on his robe. He sweat. It's, oh, yeah, he got it's, tired. Yep. Well, how, how, how can the Bible say God can't get tired and yet Jesus got tired? Mm-hmm. Well, that's because divinity stepped into the flesh of humanity, and thus you have Jesus. He and took so, naps. Yeah, he's he's human. Yeah, and yet he's also God, which 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 is a is a mystery. But I I think in the context of what you just said, Robert, uh, God fills our pain. Mm-hmm. And and the fascinating thing is because of Jesus, he doesn't just uh, feel our pain; he experienced our our mm-hmm. pain. And in this moment, he he weeps, and. All the questions that we all have at funerals, they're having with Jesus in that moment. I mean, I, one woman literally says, dude, had you, if you got here earlier, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have died. What's the matter with you? Like, yeah. how could you allow this? You yeah. know? And, uh, and Jesus weeps, not because he's frustrated with her, mm-hmm. but because he empathizes and has experienced actually far more than we will ever experience yeah. the sting of death. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know just even historically, there's there's different authors that, you know, were believers in Jesus and then they they renounced their faith or they turned away or there's different, uh, you know, people of, of influence who have done that. And 
nine times out of 10, it's because they, there was some kind of pain, some kind of death, and they went, God must not be good or God must not be real if there's evil like this in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a small kind of more narrow view of, of God and what he's doing and not seeing the bigger picture. Uh, the bigger picture is that God is restoring all things, that there will be an end to sin, sorrow, and death. And Jesus in this moment is he's experiencing, because Lazarus is a friend. It's not just some random guy, whatever. Um, and, and the reality is for, for all of humanity, um, God knows us deeply, intimately. He knows every hair on our head. If you have hair, if you don't, sorry about that. Uh, but he knows everything there is to know about us and he cares about us and he loves us. Um, and, and so, yeah, God feels that and, and that sense of loss, which is why... God was so compelled to do something about it, which is why we have hope, which is why Christianity is a story of hope, which is why uh, we're, we're talking about it in this series, because um, God didn't give up on us. And so Jesus in this moment, even with his friend dead and him weeping over the reality of it, um, he's not done. This uh, sister who's frustrated, right? Mm-hmm. The crowd's frustrated. And so Jesus weeps. You were You were heading there a moment ago, and I... I took us to the reality that God empathizes with us and has experienced our sorrow and pain. But Jesus steps in and says, oh, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. Mm-hmm. Right? I remember I told you this a long time ago. You know, the, through the years, people have done movies and cartoons of Jesus and all that. And mm-hmm. I remember as a, as a kid, maybe I was, I don't know, man, I was maybe junior high age. I was watching this cartoon and it was about the life of Jesus. And... Uh, it's this scene with Jesus and the people and Lazarus and Jesus says, you know, he's not dead. He's just sleeping. And in the cartoon, for some reason there is, she had a British accent. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what cartoon this would have even yeah, been. I don't, I don't remember the name of the series. It's not the I, same as my Saturday morning cartoons that I watched. But I remember the moment and in the cartoon, the lady looks at Jesus and says, do you not think we know death when we see it? I don't know why she talked like that. I guess that's how the Jews spoke way back <laughs> when. Do you not think we know death when we see it? And Jesus says in the cartoon, which is so cool, he looks straight at her. And I don't know why this is burned in my brain, but he looks straight at her and he says, you know death, but I know life. And then, of course, he walks in and Lazarus come forth and the dead man walks, right? Mm-hmm. And he takes off the mummy clothes and here we go. Um. But the reality of that statement, we know death and he knows life, is the reality about everything within the context of the human condition. Easter is about the reality that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. But that's not just about the hereafter and heaven and hell. Jesus is the resurrection and the life in the hereafter, absolutely. But he's also the resurrection and the life in the here and now. Mm -hmm. We know death, but he knows life. Yeah. Yeah. And in John 10, Jesus goes on to say, he's talking about the thief and he says, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. He says, I come, you may have life and have it abundantly, have it to the fullest. Um, Which again, it's, it's testament to some people think Christianity, it's about, I checked off the box and one day I'll go to heaven and that's cool. Um, It's not. Christianity is about the here and now. It's about a new way of living and operating and understanding the reality of his kingdom and, and living in that reality. And when we do that, it turns out God wants what's best for us. God knows us and we actually experience an abundant life. So life, resurrection. I've seen dead marriages resurrected. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I've seen dead souls, people depressed, yep. whatever, experience resurrection. Yep. I've seen people who um, had basically killed themselves with alcoholism, and they experienced the resurrection and the life of Jesus and were set free from that which was leading them unto death. The resurrection and the life of Jesus is categorically offered in any area of our lives. Yeah. It's, it's We know death. The Bible teaches that sin leads to death. We know sin. We know how to mess up things. Yep. Uh, Jesus knows how to take all things and make them new yeah. and take that which is dead and bring life to it. I can't tell you how many times I've had that conversation. I know everybody's story and, and testimony, which is the story of what Jesus has done in their life is unique, but I've heard that if it weren't for Jesus, I'd be dead. And, and they mean it. Mm-hmm. The, the life was headed a direction where it was going to end either by violence or suicide or just to your point, drinking themselves to death. Um, I often talk to, you know, working with students and young adults, uh, I'll talk to somebody who grew up kind of in the faith and put their faith in Jesus at an at a early age. And they go, yeah, I don't know if I really have this, you know, major life change story. And then I'll ask them the question, how would your life be different today if it weren't for Jesus? They go, oh man, well, I'd probably be doing this. I wouldn't have my marriage, this, you know, whatever, if they're older and you know, they, they go through the list. Um, that's the life that Jesus is talking about. Yeah. That, that he brings life to things that are dead, including every relationship that we have in our lives and every area and, and facet and aspect of life. Um, and, and that's the life that Jesus brings. Again, to your point, not just in the hereafter, but in the here and now. Yeah. He brings beauty from, from ashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he takes dry things and, and brings life. Uh, to them, he's he's a living water for for a dead soul. I um I'll tell the story because this past weekend I was at a uh, a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, we have these small groups, and our church will hear about it more and more as time goes on. Um, doing something called Alpha. It's it's basically for people who are exploring faith. Uh, maybe don't believe anything, but they're open to spiritual conversations. And uh, a few weeks into that, uh, we go on a retreat, and uh, we actually uh, Alpha just talks about. Uh, really the the tenets of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do we believe in Jesus? What's the Bible? But when we go on the treat, we talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm not even going to say what this guy does for a living because some people listening may, may know him. But I went on a hike with this guy and white collar guy, successful, um, in shape. I mean, we're going on a hike and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to hurt me, right? <laughs> and he, he, he rides bikes and it's just, just a successful guy. All right. So, so picture kind of an athletic, um, wealthier person. And that's, that's this guy. And so we're on the hike and he's telling me his story and the pain that he's experienced in his life and some decisions that he's made that weren't great. And and just the shame Mm -hmm. uh, that he was carrying around. And we talked about that and, and he's actually been at Sun Valley for a while but he's he's wanting something new, like his his soul is dead, in essence, is what he was saying. He said, and I have these successful things, and you look at my life, and you look at my resume, and you would go, that dude's got it made. Mm-hmm. He goes, and quite frankly, I've worked real hard because I thought that would be it, and yet I'm still carrying around uh, this, this shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Um, the soul deteriorates in the context of sin. And so what happens is when, when you let shame kind of take over your soul, it gets to a place where it's your identity and it doesn't matter what you achieve. Mm-hmm. You still have in your mind, you suck because you're carrying around the shame. 
So living water for the soul. Uh, when Jesus talks about living water, he's actually talking about the Holy Spirit, just to throw that in there. So there's this cool moment where we're having a worship time. And, and I've been teaching people at Sun Valley for the past couple of years. You've joined me in this, Robert, to open our palms up and, and pray, come Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. because that living water is not something we achieve. It's something we, we can receive. Yeah. You know, um, when, when, you, when you drink, you, you don't create the water. You don't make the water. You just receive it. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, like a sponge being thrown into the water, you know, we're, we're saying, we want to soak you up, Holy Spirit. And so we're praying. And I'm, I'm doing that. Everybody's doing that. We got our eyes closed. And this little voice deep inside my mind says, go and pray for, for this guy's name. And so I walk over to him and he's already starting to, to cry. And I say his name, you know, can I pray for you? I put my hand on his shoulder and he just starts to weep. I mean, snot. Boohooing. Mm-hmm. So Mr. White Collar athletic professional dude is is losing his uh you know faculties. His, his moment. <laughs> yeah. In in the moment he's yeah. losing his faculties. I was I was I was trying to think of the appropriate word of, for what I wanted to say. But he's losing it. And he doesn't care. Yeah. And I I, I felt like I was supposed to this is weird for some people, but I don't care. I'm I'm okay being weird. Felt like I was supposed to touch his heart, and so I I, I take my uh, my index finger, and and I just put it on his heart, and I start to pray over him, and literally this this is going to sound strange, but I feel this life of the Holy Spirit kind of flowing through me and mm-hmm. into him, and he's just losing it, and then I realize he's not crying tears of pain here, mm-hmm. he's crying tears. I'm getting goosebumps just telling me he's. He's crying tears of joy. Yeah. He is in the water. And I'm I'm watching this guy break down in the flow of God's love for him and the release of that shame. Mm-hmm. And my my fingers on his chest, I mean, it's not running on my hand, right? I mm-hmm. mean, he, again, he's just losing it. But it was this beautiful resurrection yep. of his soul. And that which was dead, I literally watched it become alive again. And even the next morning, we didn't even say anything about it. Like, yeah. got done praying with him, and I went back over. And <laughs> he, well, he did come by when he was he was because he was staying in another cabin than, than what we were in. And uh, he was just like, "Hey, thanks, man." And I'm like, "You're welcome." And he goes, "Well, mostly thank the Holy Spirit." And That's I'm right. Like, Let's thank the Holy Spirit. But then the next morning at breakfast, his countenance is just different. Yeah. And I literally watched the dude's soul resurrect. That was a long story, but a good one. I, I, Jesus knows life. Yeah. And, and, and we, we fight God for something we don't really want instead of receiving what it is that, that we need. And no matter where you've been, what you've done or what's been done to you, there's life offered to you today in every category of your life. And it's found in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Even as you're talking, cause you know, if you're listening, you're like, man, Chad's got superpowers. No. Um, he's got a super powerful God. And the, and the beautiful thing about, yes. about scripture is that God uses broken vessels like us uh, to, to be a part of moments like that. If we'd be willing to go, okay, God, would you use me? And, and God's power is made perfect. Even on our weakness, God, God uses us uh, to be a part of moments like that. So that that's great. And I, 
you, you might have a really high view of Chad. I have a high view of Chad, but I know him. I know he's not perfect. And, uh, and, and God uses imperfect people like us to, to demonstrate his power. It's beautiful. Well, thank you for clarifying that. And, yeah. and, and no way is that about me. What, what the power of that is when we pray for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we're gathered together, he's, he's there in the midst of us. Mm-hmm. And there's something about agreeing in prayer uh, for whatever reason, it's the power of the church, right? It's, it's the Holy Spirit. So thank you for clarifying. It's not about me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't, I didn't mean to communicate that in any way, shape or form, but, but, but it, but it is about helping people receive the reality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's found in Jesus. Uh, I wasn't the only one that prayed for other people and saw that happen. Yeah. Uh, it's just, that was my experience. But, but I watch a few people in our church pray for people and saw the same thing take place. Yeah. Um, it's the power of the spirit, but we know death. He knows life. And he knows life. Yeah. And he offers life to you and me. And, and, and again, we think, oh, afterlife. Well, yes, but every category of life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you need a resurrection in your finances, trust Jesus. Yeah. If you need a resurrection in your marriage, trust Jesus. Well, how do I do that? Uh, well, you begin to receive and what does he want you to do? You, you obey him. Mm-hmm. Um, my marriage got resurrected because we just chose to give and serve. Yeah. And come to find out Jesus is really smart. Any area of life. Yeah. Jesus knows it. Well, I, I think we should do this. I think um, if you would, as people are listening, wherever they are driving or whatever, would you, would you just pray for life? Would you pray for uh, whatever's going on in their life? Maybe an area that's dead, maybe an area that does need resurrection and and pray that that God would do something there. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, right now, you know, um, everyone who's listening to this, uh, it could be a long time after the recording and it could be the day that we send it out, but you know, every heart, you know, every person in your sovereignty, they're listening to this in this moment. And Father, we confess, we, we know death. We, we know how to sin. We, we know how to uh, mess things up, but, but you know life and life to the full. And Holy Spirit, the resurrection power is, is found in you. And so right now in the name of Jesus, wherever we are, we pray, come Holy Spirit. Maybe you just want to pray that wherever you are. Come Holy Spirit. And like a sponge in water, we want to absorb the life that's found in you. And so may we in this moment just take that first step. We need your life in our marriage. We need your life in our finances. We need your life in our job. We need your life when it comes to our shame. We need your life when it comes to trusting you with our kids. Come Holy Spirit. And take that which is seemingly dead. Give us wisdom on how to trust you and bring new life, we pray. Come Holy Spirit, bring life. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Loving God, Loving People podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever you are listening so you'll never miss an episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this conversation, we'd love it if you rated the podcast and left us a review. Also, sharing this with a friend is a great way to help more people meet, know, and follow Jesus. 
And lastly, you are always welcome to join us online for one of our services every week at live.sv.cc or go to locations.sv.cc to join us in person at one of our physical locations. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.